0: Welcome to Family History, Genealogy Made Easy. I'm your host, Lisa Louise Cook. You probably have a lot of curiosity about your family history, but not a lot of time. And that's why I created this podcast. I'm going to give you the tools you need to uncover your family tree in quick and easy ways. Today, we're going to focus in on posting your family tree online. There's no use in reinventing the wheel, and by posting what you know about your family tree online... You can easily connect with others who are researching people in your family tree, share information, collaborate, and even connect with distant relatives. Then in our second segment, our guest is Kenny Freestone, Senior Product Manager at Ancestry.com, whose primary responsibility is Ancestry's family tree feature. And he's not only going to walk us through the process of setting up and using our family tree on Ancestry, but this tree expert is going to be giving us his top five tips for making the most of them.
1: Having a family tree online is a great way to uh, not only share your information, but also gather new information. And I think that's the, one of the reasons why a lot of people put their trees online, is it helps them get more information and build their tree out. And one of the one of the fun things for us here is we get a lot of members writing in and telling us how excited they were to have found a living relative, a cousin, uh, or or even a sister or brother that they never knew they had. Um, and it's it's really exciting, really fun. You know, as families are scattered across the country, uh, from wherever they are, they can add information and collaborate on their family tree together.
0: Whether you're currently working with your family tree online or have just thought about doing so, this episode is for you. The internet has certainly unleashed genealogy research. And that's pretty natural, considering that genealogy is really all about connecting with others in your family and your ancestors. And with the huge emphasis on Web 2.0, which is really all about creating websites and tools that help people connect, we family historians are having a field day. But even before Web 2.0 became a buzz phrase, the Internet just made it much easier to follow one of the main principles in genealogy research. And that is that before you get too deep in locating records, you should first try and see what research has already been done on your family. So long ago and far away, when I was first using the internet, which seems like eons ago now, I did a search on a family surname. And after some digging, I found a website that published family history books. Now, at this point, I was still working on my great-great-grandfather, my mom's side. I really wasn't that far back. He was a bit of a scoundrel, though, and I had heard some intriguing family stories about him, so I was very anxious to see if anyone else had researched that same family tree. Well, after digging around in that book publishing website, which I'm pretty sure at the time didn't even have a search box on it, you had to browse through all the titles, I hit the jackpot when I found a book compiled by an amazing guy on the other side of the country that not only took the family line way back to their immigration to America in the 1700s, but also forward to all of the known descendants of the man who had immigrated. It was a real work of love by this man who had written it. He had written the book in the 1970s after years and years of research so that his children and grandchildren could not only know their history, but they could also stay connected to all their distant cousins. And there was my great-great-grandfather and my great-grandfather, and it was all so carefully documented. I mean, to date, I have yet to disprove any of his findings. It was all very, very accurate. Now, that's not always the case. Sometimes you do find, you know, problems with people's research. But even if there had been errors, the research that I found in that book would have still provided an amazing amount of great research leads, things that I could go out and track down for myself. Well, fortunately, these days, we don't have to browse every website and every title and name on a website to find folks who have done some research on our family tree. Search engines like Google have certainly made that job much easier. But even more powerful and really more specifically geared to the task of locating other researchers and coordinating trees is posting your family tree online using one of several online family tree tools. There are websites like GeneTree, Tree, um, Genie.com, and MyHeritage, just to name a few, and probably the best known and widely used is the family tree tool at Ancestry.com. The beauty of posting your family tree online is that you can retain control over it. I mean, no one can come in and just start editing it or anything like that. And yet you can get it out there for others to find. They may just be getting started or they may be a seasoned researcher They may have only a couple of shared ancestors, or they might have thousands of shared ancestors with you. But it's more than just the birth and the death dates of your shared ancestors that you can find. I've had researchers contact me who had boxes of photographs of ancestors that I only had one or two photographs of, or who had other family heirlooms or stories, journals, you name it. And genealogists are generally a really nice group of people, and by nature, they're usually willing to share. You know, it's hard to grasp all the benefits that connecting with other researchers and distant cousins through posted family trees can bring. All I can really say is that you just have to do it and see for yourself what happens. So right now, we're going to take a short break And then when we come back, we're going to talk to the man at Ancestry who is at the heart of the family tree tool. And he's going to cover everything we need to know to get going and make the most of this exciting innovation. This is Lisa Louise Cook, and you're listening to Family History, Genealogy Made Easy. Welcome back. I'm Lisa Louise Cook, and you are listening to Family History, Genealogy Made Easy. Kenny Freestone is a Senior Product Manager at Ancestry.com and works primarily on the site's family tree tools. He's enthusiastic about helping people discover more about themselves by connecting to the past. Here's my conversation with him. Well, Kenny, we've been talking a lot on the podcast about using subscription websites like Ancestry.com to access the billions of records that can be found online now. And, of course, there are thousands of folks out there, just like us, who are also researching their family tree, and they might even be researching our family tree. And I know that's why posting your family tree online can be such a powerful tool. Now, I know that Ancestry Family Trees is your area of expertise, so I'm I'm really excited that you're going to join us on the show today and kind of walk us through not only how to use the online family tree at Ancestry, but you're going to give us your five top tips for getting the most out of them, right?
1: That's right. Like you mentioned, having a family tree online is a great way to uh, not only share your information but also gather new information. And I think that's the, one of the reasons why a lot of people put their trees online is it helps them get more information and build their tree out uh, and, and find more more sources and, and information uh, and, and that's what some of these tips are, are about. The first one um, that I wanted to mention was um, to, to make use of Ancestry hints. Um, what the hints are, when you when you have your tree on Ancestry.com, you'll sometimes see a, a shaky leaf that comes up. And what that indicates is that we've found uh, some possible matching records or possibly other users who have matching trees. And you can follow those hints and uh, and let us do that searching for you, and a lot of times we can we can uncover a lot of the, the low-hanging fruit and get lots of records for you pretty quick and pretty easy.
0: So it's going to be matching up not only other people who have trees that include the same person, but it might actually match up other records that could be found on Ancestry.
1: That's right. We we're, The hints will bring both uh, tree hints and also records. Uh, for example, the, the census records, the United States Census and the U.K. Census, um, birth, marriage, death records also. And then another fun thing is that the hints can sometimes provide uh, hints to other photos that might match your ancestor.
0: Oh, that sounds great. Now, just to take one step back, when we first get into using family trees on Ancestry, we're just uploading our GEDCOM file from our existing genealogy database. Is that right?
1: Yeah. So... There's two ways to go about it. One is to to upload from your Gedcom file, or just uh, also begin from scratch by typing in the uh, you and your your parents and grandparents. Um, lots of people don't have a Gedcom and don't even know what that means, uh, and that's fine.
0: Now, one of the questions I know I had in my mind when I first did a family tree was that um, I had my JETCOM file, which is a generic file that gets produced or exported out of my whole database, which has, you know, 5,000 people in it. Would you recommend uploading all those names, all those people, or would you recommend just entering in the direct line of the people that you're most interested in researching? Because I'm assuming if you put all those names out there, you're going to generate a lot of potential matches with other people.
1: Yeah, I think... Uh, a lot of people go about it different ways. Some people split their their normal database into multiple files and upload each of those individually uh, to help them better organize their work. Um, a lot of this comes down to just personal preference, um, but I think in general the principle would be that anybody uh, in your file that you'd like to learn more about, or find a relative for, or see records about, uh, you would definitely want to include in your upload.
0: Okay, great. So it's kind of the amount of, of contact that you want to make on, on how far reaching you want to go in your tree. Okay, so we've uploaded our our file, and that just loads and populates our family tree right there on Ancestry. And you said that we should be looking for those Ancestry hints that will lead us either to another researcher or to um, records that might match people in our database any ideas or, or hints that you can give us around when we do make contact with other, those other researchers
1: yeah so that uh, that would actually be one of my my five tips would be to to reach out and, and talk to these other members uh, and other researchers we have a, a what we call our connection service where you can send uh, an email through our ancestry system that uh, it's nice because as you're establishing a relationship it keeps uh, your email information anonymous so um, you're not going to uh, have to give away too much personal information before you make a friendship or find a connection. Uh, so it provides kind of a safe uh, way to communicate and, and form a friendship and, and then it can go on from there.
0: And I think that's great because we're all very security conscious so we can start kind of anonymously. Um, see if there's really an interest there, and then decide when we're ready to share more information about ourselves, it sounds like.
1: That's right.
0: Great. You know, I know uh, before we got talking today on the phone, I had um, emailed you because I had actually been contacted by somebody um, who had a connection, or actually I think it came through Ancestry Hints, and it said, oh, here's another tree that has this person, and this person actually happened to be my grandmother. So she appears in somebody else's tree, and before I contacted them or tried to make contact, I was thinking, well, I'd like to have a sense by looking at that person's tree, how is that person related to grandma? You know, is it a very distant relationship or is it somebody very close? Maybe it's somebody I'm already talking to. Um, is there a, an easy way to determine that by looking at their tree?
1: Uh, it depends on the tree. Um, and there's some things that we want to do more to make this easier. Um, we think that Showing the relationship between you and other ancestry members is a really exciting thing that we want to to do better at. Um, but it depends first on if this other ancestry member has identified themselves in their family tree, um, which we we have a in the system the ability to do that. And most of uh, most of the time, people do identify who they are in the tree. Um, and the second part about is we want to and when we. Show these relationships to preserve the the privacy of, of living people and so um, we, we want to take that into account and not uh, and not show you all of their information that they have about themselves in the tree um, so we, we want to try and balance that but one of the things that you can do when you find another person's tree uh, is click on the link that shows the home person for that tree um, uh, and See if that home person, if, if you can find the line back to uh, your relative.
0: Oh, well, that's a couple of really great points. I didn't, I hadn't thought of that. But clicking on the home person is that means the person that that tree starts from. That was the first person they entered, and everybody else branches off from there. So that makes great sense. And it sounds like then perhaps the tree that I was looking at that researcher may not have even put themselves on that tree because they are obviously a living person. And uh, you're right, there's so much uh, we need to keep in mind about protecting the identity of those who are still living. So those are two really good things to remember as we're looking at other people's trees. So it sounds like I ought to just uh, make contact directly with them and, and ask them what the relationship is and kind of go from there.
1: Yeah, and you never know what uh, what surprises await.
0: Exactly. Oh, I mean... It, that's one of the really, to me, the exciting things about what you guys are doing with the family trees is that, you know, we work so hard to find the documents and the books and everything, but there's so often people out there who've already done work and, you know, why reinvent the wheel? Um, obviously we can always double check the information we find, but think of the clues that we're getting just because somebody else has already done some of that legwork.
1: That's right. And one of the, one of the fun things for us here is, we get a lot of members writing in and telling us how excited they were to have found a living relative, a cousin, uh, or, or even a sister or brother that they never knew they had, um, and it's it's really exciting, really fun.
0: That's a great point, and I and I think that might lead us into another one of your tips about inviting family. How how can we include our family in in participating in our treat?
1: Yeah, so I think it is a big challenge to to get our family interested. Um, and one of the things that we've done on our in our tree system is give you the ability to send an email invitation to each of your family members um, to invite them to come to the tree to look at it. Um, they can you can invite your family members with different levels of responsibility. If if you really have a, for example, an ant that's really really savvy with genealogy. You can invite her as an editor and she can make changes to the tree. And then maybe other people you'd invite just as a contributor and they can add information but not edit other information. Or they can add photos and birth dates for their children, things like that.
0: And would those family members also need to be a subscriber in order to access our family tree?
1: No, and that's the, the, the I think great thing. They will need to create a free account so that we can remember who they are and keep your tree uh, you know, password protected. Um, but they don't have to be a subscriber. And when they're invited, uh, it's nice because they can also see, without subscribing, all the ancestry records uh, that you've attached to the tree. So they can see the images of the, the census records for their grandparents or great-grandparents without having to subscribe.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. So I can just envision, you know, you're planning their family reunion for next summer, you could actually send out an invite and get them all introduced to the tree before you ever get together at your reunion.
1: Yep, that's right. And we've got uh, a lot of customers that are making great use of this, and it's really one of the strengths of having your tree online um, because people, you know, as families are scattered across the country, uh, from wherever they are they can add information and collaborate on their family tree together.
0: So to invite them, are we just um, typing in their email addresses? Is it as simple as that?
1: It is. You type in the email address and their name, and you decide uh if you want them to be an editor or a contributor or a guest, and and it sends the invitation for you.
0: So we can actually kind of control uh how much they can manipulate the tree themselves, right?
1: That's right. And we also let you send a personalized message if you want to explain to them uh what you'd like them to do in the tree, or how excited you are about this this family tree.
0: Well, I can really recommend this feature to uh, everyone listening, because I know that um, one of my dearest, closest cousins, who I didn't know that I had, um, she's actually not that far of a distant cousin, but she lives on the other side of the country. And we met up through our Ancestry family tree, and now we constantly collaborate together, and she's actually been on the show, and um, it's just been terrific, so... It's a wonderful way to not only find a relative, but perhaps find a relative who shares your passion for genealogy.
1: That's exciting.
0: Well, let's go on to your next um, tip. You you have one here about using search to dig deeper. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: So uh, this is kind of an exciting piece of technology that we've been working on in the tree system, which is uh, using the information from your tree to search for ancestry records. Um, and we we use the the hinting system to kind of give you the ones that we're really really confident are the right records. Um, but creating a, a search based on the information in your tree actually is a really quick way to 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 create your search query uh, without having to type in the names and the dates and the relatives in order to to fill out the search template. If you're searching. From within your tree, all that information is added to the search template automatically, and you get a really great search uh, just with one click of the button. Uh, and then it, it takes you into Ancestry's uh, search tools, which are really powerful, and you can customize your search further from there, and you can use exact or ranked search to, to tweak that. And this is what helps people really dig in deeper when when the records aren't, maybe transcribed exactly right or the names aren't spelled right or, or things are just harder to find, um, the search tools really let you dig in um, to find those elusive records. And that's where I think a lot of the fun of, of the research is, is, is doing that detective work and, and doing the investigation and, and finding those pieces that are a little bit harder to find or sometimes more rewarding uh, than others uh, and lead to, to what, you know, i sometimes call it just a goosebump moment where you just feel that excitement and that rush of of having found something exciting.
0: And many of us can relate. We do the happy dance, right? You've done the happy dance? That's right. (laughs) It's like, oh, I found it. Well, now I'm looking at my family tree in Ancestry.com. And so I'm here in the overview section. Where are we going to find the search. Are we going to go up to the top where the regular search link is, or is there somewhere within this family tree we should be clicking through to search?
1: So What you'll do is you'll, you'll go from the overview page to either the, the people tab or the family tree tab, and you'll select the individual that you want to search for. So, for example, I've gone to the family tree tab, and I can just hover my mouse over any of the names in the tree and uh, on that hover, there's a there's a link to search records. Oh, I see. Uh, we'll, we'll create that search uh, query for me.
0: Okay. And same thing from the people tab. There's a little link within that person's box that says you can search for historical records. So um, review again. Then we're we're clicking through from this location, and and how will that look different than if we had just gone through regular search?
1: Well, The nice thing is it will look the same but it creates a more complete search template. Um, for example, one of the one of the ways that you can find out if your ancestor is really the one in this record is to look for other relatives and see if the relatives line up. And so when you're searching from your tree, we fill out the search template with the parents, spouse, and children of that person also uh, to give you a more complete uh, search experience.
0: That's pretty exciting. You're, you're really kind of working alongside of us as, and as, if we're doing it from the tree, I could see, uh, starting to do most of my searches straight from the tree.
1: I think if, if nothing else, it can save a lot of typing and be a time saver to not have to fill out the search template again and again.
0: Exactly. Now, as we're looking at these pages and, and we talked about the overview tab being the first one, there's the, the people where you can look at individuals, there's the family tree where we can see our whole pedigree chart, um, talk about your fifth tip, which is these other three tabs that we see here.
1: The other three tabs are, are photos, stories, and audio. And I think this is where uh, family history work can get really exciting when you when you move from knowing the names and dates and places for a person to to getting a little bit more sense of the story and the context that, that person lived in by adding photos and journal records and maybe just stories that uh, that have been passed down through the family. Um, these are some of the really exciting things that, that I've found on Ancestry is um, photos of ancestors that I that I'd never seen or even thought there could be photos of. And I think that that's a great way to um, to kind of make the work exciting for yourself but also to share a lot of the wealth that you might have just in a in a shoebox in the attic. That could be a, a treasure trove for for somebody else.
0: Oh, I can imagine how exciting it would be to not only find the tree, but see the faces, which is, is wonderful. Can we, I've uploaded, uh, my first image. Can I somehow link this to a person or a part of the tree or is it just that these photos are companion to the tree?
1: The photos can be associated with a person. And in fact, there'll be a, uh, an option when you edit that photo. To, to mark that photo as the primary photo for a person. And then doing so, that will make that photo show up on the, on the person page, on the, on that people tab. So it will always show up next to that person's name. Uh, and so if I look at my, my family tree, on the family tree tab, I've got photos for a lot of my ancestors. Going back four, even five generations. And so I can, I can visually see what this tree looks like and what the people look like.
0: Oh, that's neat. So, so really, once we get this photo loaded, we need to, to go back into it, into an edit mode. And then we're going to have these other things that we can do. We can add notes. We can attach it to a person. And that's going to start to populate those, uh, blank heads we see in our pedigree, right? That's right. Neat. Now, we have uh, we mentioned photos. What else do we have here that we could do?
1: There's also uh, stories where you can either upload stories that uh, are already written. You can upload Word documents, um, rich text files, um, or you can write your own stories and just uh, type something in from scratch.
0: Now, I know one of my listeners had a question uh, that she sent in to me about stories, and that was, uh, because the tree is public, does she have to have, does everything that goes on here have to be public, or can she designate some things are private, her private memories and some things she wants public?
1: Today, if the tree is public, the objects within that tree are public as a general rule. The exception to that is that for people that we believe are living based on the birth dates that you've entered, uh, we hide those people and any of the stories and photos that are attached to them. Um, and keep them out of our search index,
0: okay, um, great, so if she obviously she's alive, her birthday reflects that, she adds her own memoirs, those would remain behind that wall then that's correct and then finally, you have audio. Tell us about audio this is this a fairly new feature?
1: The audio feature has been around for a little bit, and it's kind of a kind of a fun uh tool. What we do is we we give you a, a number that you can call in and you can even conference in someone, you know, a cousin in another state. And over the phone, you'll call our, our number and have a conversation and we'll record that conversation and attach it to your tree. Uh, so it's a fun way to do some, some oral history um, and maybe uh, call grandpa up and, and ask him some questions and, and have the kids interview and preserve some of that information. I think oral history is just a super fascinating um, field that, that really is can be a lot of fun.
0: That is so cool. I think I, I've just kind of overlooked that feature probably because I work in audio and I'm always you know recording with my own software. but this is a way to very easily pull in anybody and they don't have to be technically savvy, right?
1: That's right. Uh, it's as easy as using a telephone.
0: Oh, that is really cool. so well, Okay, cousin Carolyn, I know you're listening. I'll be calling you because (laughs) we've been chatting so much by email, but wouldn't it be fun to have some of those conversations actually attached to the tree? Wow. Well, we've covered an awful lot. I think you've helped us really get a feel for how it works, the kind of the power behind it. Um, Any other tips or things that you think we need to keep in mind as we're working with uh, Ancestry Family Trees?
1: I think, I think the biggest tip is to give it a try. to, to reach out, put your information out there, reach out to people who may have common connections, and to start to form these friendships that, that can last for a lifetime.
0: That, that's a great point, because you know what? Isn't that taking the first step the toughest part? <laughs> but this is really exciting, and I can imagine once you take that first step, you're going to get hooked.
1: I think that's right.
0: Well, Kenny, thank you so much for taking the time out today to talk to everybody who's listening to the show. And I know many, many of them are using Ancestry, but they've been a little timid about jumping into family trees. And I think this is going to give them what they need to take those next steps. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: It's been a real pleasure, Lisa.
0: Well, that's gonna bring us to the end of the show. You'll find the show notes for this episode, which include all the links I've talked about at my website, genealogygems.com. And there you'll also discover a lot more tips and tools for finding your family history in my podcasts, the blog posts, books, and videos. Become a Genealogy Gems premium member, and you're also going to get access to exclusive content like my full-length video classes and the premium podcast episodes. We have a new one of those coming out every month. Now, if you have any questions about this episode, or if you'd like to share your experiences on how the podcast has impacted your own family history journey, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at Podcast at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail at 925-272-4021, and we might just play it here on the show. Thanks so much for listening, friend. I'll talk to you soon.